This is the Parenting ADHD Podcast with Penny Williams. Each week, Penny shares proven ADHD parenting strategies and her hard-won ADHD mama wisdom. This is not your physician's podcast. Penny discusses the genuine grit of the moment-by-moment peaks and valleys of this special parenthood. It's time to beat the chaos and challenges of raising a child with ADHD. Here's your host, Penny Williams. Hello, fellow warrior parents. Thanks for joining me on the Parenting ADHD podcast. I have talked a lot lately about getting your mind right as parents in the special parenthood, raising kids with ADHD, maybe high functioning autism. There might be some anxiety, depression, learning disabilities, um, in the mix with that. And it really does take a very specific parenting perspective and approach to be most effective for our kids and really most effective for ourselves as well. You know, this is definitely a very stressful parenthood. There's no doubt about it. Nobody can possibly um, argue that point. And if they do, they, they really have no clue. But, you know, it's not just about um, making things better for our kids. Of course we want that. And, of course, that is certainly a, a big motivation for us as parents. But it's not the only thing that we're after for sure, right? You know, once I pulled my closed Facebook support group and I said, what is more important to you, your sanity and your stress level and the feeling of being an effective, confident parent, um, the stress in your family, or is it most important to have your child succeed, to have your child's experience be better? And really for a lot of parents, It was about the parenting and the family. And I think that's really because we know that when everything is right with our parenting and with our family, it's also going to be right with our kids. But it was pretty, um, not alarming, but it was certainly surprising to me to see um, the number of parents who really said, hey, this is about my my well-being as much as it is about my child's well-being. And so, you know, we're talking about getting your mind right. That means taking on the appropriate perspective that's going to help you and your parenting. It's going to help your family have more joy and peace. And it's going to help your child be set up to be as successful as possible. And I've said this before, our kids are completely 100% capable of having a successful and happy adulthood. Just because they have ADHD, it is not um, a sentence to frustration and um, poor skills and not succeeding in work or life. You know, it's all about what we do in the here and now for our kids to craft um, a life where they can succeed later. And I say later, they certainly can succeed some now, but my feeling is that it's it's less um, possible. It's certainly more 
challenging because we're dealing with a lot of outside forces as our kids are growing up. We're dealing with school and a lot of different people there, and that changes for year to year. Um, you know, that is a huge element in our kids' successes, right? Because they're going to school seven hours a day, every day for nine months out of the year. Those folks that they interact with in school have a great effect on how our kids are going to be able to succeed now and in the future. And so, you know, our job here is to craft a life that will be filled with joy and success later on. And it's really important that the first step is to kind of get our minds right. I think when we're stuck in the the parenting norm that most of us know, we cannot fully embrace the way that we need to be parenting our kids with ADHD. And so this episode today, I'm just talking about one piece of getting your mind right, because there is a lot that has to go into that. And it's a lot of work and it takes time for sure. Um, But the first piece of that really is to throw out the parenting rule book. Just, you know, if you have that book, throw it in the trash, um, toss it out. And I've talked about this before here and there in other episodes, but It is so very important to create an entirely new parenting rule book from scratch for your family and your child. And that parenting rule book that you're going to create has to keep in mind and has to honor your child's personal truth, where they are today, what they're going through today, what their strengths and weaknesses are, what they find challenging, um, the fact that they're developmentally 20 to 30 percent behind their peers, behind their calendar age. That is um, an astonishing statistic that a lot of people don't realize. And that's very, very important element of getting your mind right as well is that, you know, my 15 year old is probably 30% behind his peers in a lot of ways and some skills in maturity. And so 30% behind is age 10. And the way you would parent and treat a 10 year old is far, far different than the way that you parent and treat and expect behavior of a 15-year-old. Um, you know, his on his birthday a month ago, he was the age to get his driving permit. He could have taken special ed at the start of the school year, and he could be getting his permit soon. But of course, he's not ready for that because ADHD is a developmental disability. And that's just another way of kind of throwing out those parenting norms and getting our mind right for this special parenthood. You know, we had to say, okay, well, a lot of his peers are getting their driver's license um, or their permits. A lot of his peers are taking um, driver's ed, but 
that is not the right path for our child right now, given his personal truth. And that's a different parenting perspective. You know, a lot of parents are like, yes, my kid is old enough to drive, get out there, let's teach you. And then you can start driving yourself to all of these extracurriculars and things that you want to do. You can drive yourself somewhere when you're bored next time. Um, And, you know, we find value in that as parents. But again, we're tossing out those norms and we are completely rewriting the parenting rule book. And we have to look at everything, every parenting decision, every parenting approach, every consequence and punishment through that new lens, that new perspective. Um, I know that I've talked about already at least once the fact that I'm reading um, Ross Green's new book, our latest book, um, Raising Human Beings. And I am completely in love with this book and what it teaches parents. It is very powerful and um, really parenting from a place of compassion and understanding, but not being soft as a parent. It's still um, very much parenting in the right way and teaching our kids, um, but from a perspective of the fact that kids are people too and that their feelings and their experiences matter a great deal. Um, And so in, in that book and overall in what Green teaches, he talks about um, first changing your lens. First, you have to adjust your lens so that you are seeing your child and seeing behavior appropriately. You know, behavior is communication. Behavior is not the problem as he teaches. It is just a symptom of the problem, which is what I talked about on the last episode of the podcast, which was episode number 16. So we're rewriting that parenting rule book, and we have decided that behavior isn't the problem. Behavior um, is a symptom of a problem, and behavior can be a problem, but it's not the problem. And if you want to hear a great deal more about that, um, go back and um, look at the episode on behavior is only a symptom, which actually I believe is episode number 15, not number 16, as I just said. Um, and so we're looking at behavior differently. We are um, throwing out our parenting norms and deciding that our parenthood is different. This is a special brand of parenthood, and we are not going to just accept the norms and immediately act upon them. Instead, we are going to sit down and think through each of those things through our new lens, through this new parenting perspective that we're taking on when we get our minds right for this parenthood and really looking at everything through the fact that our kids have a developmental disability. Our kids have lagging skills with emotional control, planning and organization, um, time management, and even the concept of time with... um, 
things like the way that they innately react to different things, which is part of frustration and tolerance, but it's also part of that emotional control. They're lagging behind in self-awareness and self-regulation. And all of these things are part of that lens that helps you to rewrite your parenting rule book. And so in your new parenting rule book, you know specifically what are your child's lagging skills? What are your child's weaknesses? What are your child's strengths and interests? And let me just talk about that a little bit. You know, every child has a strength, probably many of them. Every child has an interest. It may not be an interest that is very exciting to parents. You know, it could be video games or electronics, but every interest can be nurtured. Every interest can um, get our kids being more social or helping them with their social um, struggles. You know, every interest can lead to something good. So for instance, video games, you know, that could lead to coding, which could lead to a career. Um, it could lead to the art side of it, which is what my daughter is a freshman in college for, majoring in fine arts with a concentration in animation because she is super interested in art but also super interested in video games and the gaming industry as a whole and so she found a way to combine her interests and to move forward with that in a way that she can have um, a career or you know good employment in the future um so every interest can be nurtured into something that's positive um, for them to be spending time on um, and get them involved in and go to groups and other places. You know, a lot of kids with social struggles, nurturing their interests is a big help to those social struggles because you're already helping them be in a group where everyone has similar interests. And those similar interests often override a whole lot of social awkwardness or other um, ways in which our kids are super different from their peers sometimes. And by having that similar interest or um, the same interest, then they're able to connect right away with other kids in a very powerful way that helps them be more successful socially. So, you know, part of that new parenting rule book is what are my kids' strengths? What are my kids' interests? And how can I use those to help my child? How can I use those to combat weaknesses and struggles? How can I use those to boost self-esteem? How can I use those to um, help my child develop better social skills or to develop friendships that are concrete and can last? You know, again, this is you using your new parenting perspective, your new lenses to create a specific tailored parenting rule book for your child and your family, something that's going to work for you. And that is super powerful. You know, we all get the um, what to expect when you're expecting books and we know what um 
to expect. You know, they define exactly what to expect for most people during a pregnancy. Um, And then now they have the what to expect books for infancy and toddler years. And those generalizations in those books are very useful for people with neurotypical kids, right? They're very useful for most people, most parents, but they're not useful for us. Our kids don't fit a lot of those norms. They're developmentally delayed. And a book that's telling you what to expect in the toddler years is telling you what um, to expect of a kid who is not developmentally delayed. You know, your child is somewhere behind those norms in a lot of ways, not in every way, but in a lot of ways. And that is so super important for you in order to be an effective parent for your child with ADHD. Now, those typical um, books, the what to expect books um, for different stages of development, there's books like that for what to do and expect to help your child through elementary school years and so forth. And they, they have a lot of value. You know, they're looking at specifically what your child should be capable of, what they're developing at certain stages of their childhood, and how to um, facilitate and support that and to help them, um, you know, grow and do better. And so for us, when we're writing our own special parenting rule book, because we're having to create this rule book ourselves, we are looking at those same aspects for our kids, but we're not, um, we're not including the norm for neurotypical. We are looking at specifically where our child is developmentally, specifically where our child needs help in skill building, specifically um, what our child struggles with. So I'll give you a for instance. Um, My son, who, as you guys know, if you've listened before, I call Ricochet in my writing and on the podcast just to give him a little bit of anonymity as he's getting older. As I said, he's 15 now. So part of my parenting rule book for him is that I know that when he gets upset and he tells me that he doesn't want to talk right now or he can't talk about it right now, I must give him space. And I think a lot of our parenting inclination is to, it certainly was my inclination, was to try to rationalize if um, maybe his reaction is out of scale for his age. Um you know, to try to talk him down, to help him through it, um, to talk him through it so that he's not upset anymore. And what I found very quickly is that that does not work for him. For Ricochet, that would actually increase his emotional outburst, his intensity, it would make it worse. Um, he, you know, when he says to me, I can't talk about this right now, I don't want to talk about this right now, I'm not gonna talk about this right now, which can get under my skin, because I'm his parent, and he's telling me what he is and isn't going to do, right. But that's not the important piece in that moment. In that moment, the important piece is his truth, what he needs specific to his 
diagnoses, his development, his lagging skills, and what he needs is peace and quiet and time to just work through it himself um, and get to the other side of it. Because, you know, what we know about the ADHD brain is that stress and emotion kind of shuts it down or makes it very foggy cognitively. So when I'm trying to talk to him and he's completely upset, he's emotional, his brain is stressed out, his cognitive function is murky at best, all I'm doing is adding another layer that is making it more intense, more stressful, um, more overwhelming, right? Because he already has all of these things going on that are already stressing, they're already reducing function. And I want to talk to him about it right then when what he really needs is to be able to quiet all that noise and then he can talk about it. And I'm sure that this is probably true for a lot of your kids, a lot of you who are listening. You know, and we, we, it's hard for us to accept that. It was hard for me to say, okay, we're arguing about something right now. You're not listening to me and you've gotten angry and, and you're, you know, having an outburst. You're totally emotionally intense, but you go ahead and retreat from me and go to your room and do whatever, right? Because we want to hash it out. We, you know, I don't like leaving anything undone. I am, um, very much more comfortable when there are endings and they are solid endings and they wrap things up and tie them in a neat little bow. And that is one of those things that in my own parenting rule book, I have had to completely just throw out because it doesn't work for my kid. And all I'm doing is making it worse. Um, You know, I think a lot of parenting experts would say, you know, talk to your child calmly, help them um, think through what's happening, help them to calm down, maybe inject some humor and help them to resolve the conflict or resolve the um, emotional intensity. But for kids with ADHD, a lot of times that's the exact opposite of what is going to work for us. That's the exact opposite of what we should be putting in our parenting rule book specific to our own children and our own families. Um, There are a thousand different ways that we, you know, different instances like the one I just gave that we're using um, when we rewrite our parenting rule book. And, you know, you're understanding where they are developmentally. You also have to really understand ADHD. You really need to understand how the ADHD brain works. For instance, a neurotypical brain is motivated by interest, urgency, and importance. An ADHD brain is not motivated by importance, only interest and urgency. So when our kids have homework that they don't want to do, and they fight tooth and nail, and no matter what you say, or what the teacher says, it is not important to them, and importance doesn't motivate them, so 
they can't get it done. They can't get started. They can't get it done. They don't care about getting it done, right? Um, I know you've had that same struggle that we have so often as well. And, you know, the important factor there to understand and to have in your parenting rule book is that their brain is not motivated by the importance. As a child, I could sit down and I would do my homework because I knew that's what the teacher expected of me. And I knew that my grades mattered later on in my life, right? And so I did what I needed to do to do well in school just because it was important. I was not a a bookworm or a book nerd, you know, I wasn't really into learning that much, um, except for the few subjects that I was interested in. But I did the work because I knew it was important. And that caused motivation for me. Our kids with ADHD are not getting that same drive from things that are just important. And that is a crucial piece of your perspective, a crucial piece of those new lenses that you're wearing and you're looking at your parenthood through when you are deciding expectations, when you're deciding consequences and punishments, um, when you're deciding and trying to figure out how to get your kid to do the homework. It's important to know how their brain functions. So what can you do? Well, you can try to make it interesting. You can chop it up into small chunks so that it's not overwhelming. Um, you know, you can decide that it's not as, as, as important as many schools want us to believe. You know, one of the things that I really had to accept in my parenting rule book is that grades aren't everything. You know, my son's comfort level and willingness to go to school, which we have worked on a lot over the last four or five years, um, those are the things that are super important. Um, Because if I can't get him there and have him comfortable enough to have his brain functioning and being open to learning and doing work, then he never will succeed at school. Um, So if he's showing up, he's participating, he's trying, and all he gets is a C, that's fine. I have no problem with that. And he has a high IQ. He has a gifted level IQ. And I still had to accept that a C, even a D sometimes, is the very best that he can do. He's just not a good student. And There are kids who are just not good at school, and that's okay. They don't have to be good at school. Um, And that's part of what we're rewriting in our parenting rule book, is that grades are not everything. Not every kid is good at school. Not every kid um, is interested in doing well at school. You know, that's a big hurdle for a lot of parents. I hear this all the time, you know. How do I get my kid to care about how well he does in school? Well, sometimes you just can't. And and that's a painful answer for a lot of people to accept. But sometimes you just can't make kids interested in doing well at school because it's so hard for them and they're already working so hard and maybe getting C's and D's. You know, if that were you, if you were giving it your all, and you are barely getting by and not really meeting most people's definition of succeeding, how long would you continue to try? You know, so you praise the great parts, 
You accept the mediocre parts and you help your kid not completely fail. That's part of your special parenting rule book that you're creating just for your child. And maybe your child is great at school. There are kids with ADHD who do well academically, who want to do well, who find that important. Um, especially kids who have um, anxiety with, with kind of a perfection piece to it. Um, you know, that's the all important for them um, is doing very well and striving for perfection. So, you know, everything that I'm saying as an example isn't necessarily applicable to you. Um, and that's why you're writing, again, your own parenting rule book. I'm not writing the rule book. Um, for every parent who has a kid with ADHD, because all of our kids are different. Now, I did write a guidebook of sorts, the what to expect when um, parenting children with ADHD. That is a nine-step process um, that kind of gets you where you need to be to craft your own parenting rule book. It's not telling you what should be included specifically in your parenting rule book. It's just getting your mind right, preparing you with the knowledge, the tools, the strategies in order for you to write that parenting rule book specific to your child and family and to be able to succeed at that. Um, so, you know, there, there are still guidebooks out there, even for parents like us um, who have kids with ADHD or high-functioning autism or, you know, any host of other um, disorders or disabilities in that um, kind of niche of, of disabilities. And that's what you're using for your guidebook. And it's going to look different than mine. You know, Ricochet's alphabet soup is ADHD, high-functioning autism, um, dysgraphia, written expression disorder, anxiety, and a gifted IQ. Your child might have some of those pieces, but not others of those pieces. So you and I are obviously going to approach our child and parent them differently in a lot of ways, right? And that's what's important. You know, I can't stress enough right now to you that you have got to throw out your mainstream neurotypical expectations of a child that is your child's age. Just completely get rid of them. Whatever you need to do symbolically to get it out of your head, if you need to write them down, crumple them up, throw them in the fireplace. You know, if you need to write them at, out on paper, stomp on them on the floor, put them in the trash can. You know, whatever you need to do to be certain in your mind and your spirit that you have thrown out those expectations that your child can't meet is the number one crucial beginning piece of getting your mind right so that you can be successful in this special parenthood. And getting your mind right is just the all important. Like I can't even find the words to stress this enough for you guys that you have to have the right perspective about this child and their needs or you will never feel effective or successful in parenting them. It is absolutely a prerequisite for um, successful and effective parenting for kids with ADHD. You have 
got to put away any neurotypical expectations, any traditional parenting. You know, the traditional parenting model is what I often refer to as crime and punishment because, you know, that kind of tells you how I feel about it, that punishment doesn't change anything. Um, And punishment is actually parenting out of fear. And studies have shown, you know, I talked about this in the Insider's Guide to ADHD. Studies have shown that parenting through fear is going to very likely cause our kids some other or additional mental health issues as adults. You know, we are harming our kids when we parent out of fear, out of shaming them, um, those and, and those are pretty traditional parenting tactics, right? Especially parenting out of fear, because that's the whole crime and punishment basis is I want you to be afraid that you're going to be punished in this way so that you don't do what it is that I'm telling you you're going to get that punishment for if you do it, right? And that just doesn't work because behavior is a symptom, Right. And punishment addresses the behavior um, by instilling fear to not do that behavior anymore. But behavior isn't our problem with kids with ADHD, right? It's not the problem with our kids. It's only a problem because it's only a symptom. And so for our kids, we are going to change that traditional parenting paradigm of crime and punishment because punishment doesn't address the root issue which is your actual problem the root cause of the behavior is the problem not the behavior and I know that um, a lot of you are probably shaking your head at me right now you're disagreeing you might be screaming at um, your car radio or your iPhone or wherever you're listening to this podcast. But trust me, this is the parenting approach that is going to work for kids with ADHD. This is Ross Green's approach. This is other um, other experts approach. It has to be a very positive approach. And it has to really look at what is your actual problem. For our kids, the actual problem is poor emotional control, poor um, self-awareness or self-regulation, poor frustration tolerance, um, poor communication skills, uh, not being able to recognize how they're feeling or not knowing how to react appropriately to things. So when we address those things, we automatically change the behavior. And when we change our expectations to something that's appropriate for our child where they are right now, they're able to meet that expectation and there's no need for the other behavior that we're trying to get rid of, that we're trying to improve, that we're trying to change. It's not really about changing behavior. It's about addressing problems. And that's entirely what Ross Green teaches. That's his entire collaborative problem solving model is that there is an underlying problem And I've been talking about it for years in a different way that we have to look at the whys. You know, every time somebody asks me, well, how do I change this behavior? Okay, why is it happening? 
You, you can't change the behavior until you know why it's happening. So you have to ask why over and over again. And that's basically, you know, getting to the root of what the actual problem is. And when you're changing and improving those problems, then there is no behavior to have to punish. There is no crime that you need to punish. Um, and, you know, I would argue that when you have your mind right, about parenting a child with ADHD, you will have very little that needs to be punished because our kids are able to succeed then. And that is really just the most valuable lesson that I can give you is that you have to create a new parenting rule book specific to your child and nobody else can create it for you outside of your family and you know this is something that you need to have in your mind and you're constantly referencing okay my child is having a struggle with this right now what do I know about my son or my daughter's very specific experience in the world that can help me solve this problem and improve this behavior. That's where you have to go in your mind every time. And you have to stay positive. You know, don't write a parenting rule book that's all about behavior and the negative aspects of ADHD and the symptoms and, you know, punishing them and whatever. Getting your mind right is being optimistic and positive and having hope, hope for improvement, hope for um, success now and in the future. You know, when we parent from a place of helplessness and hopelessness, which I have done for a long time, I lived in that space um, from about a year, year and a half before my son was diagnosed for several years, I lived in that space of trying to fix it and not being able to fix it because there is no fix or cure for ADHD and just going about it all wrong, you know, not knowing the best way to parent this child. I lived in this space of hopelessness and helplessness and it drug our entire family down. My son felt more and more like he was incapable instead of less and less like he was incapable because I was inadvertently giving him the wrong message. So I want to challenge you guys today. Go home, take 10 minutes just to write down some things that you know about your child that are completely different from traditional parenting, that are completely different from a child their age. And put that somewhere where you're going to see it regularly, maybe on your nightstand next to your bed, maybe tape it up to your bathroom mirror. Um, you know, I wouldn't put it where your child's going to see it a lot um, because, you know, it's not the message that you want to necessarily put out there for them, but it is something that you really need to get ingrained. This needs to become part of you, this mindset. Um, it's so funny. My cousin um, is really into sports, especially basketball, grew up um, in, 
in Louisville, Kentucky. Um, my whole family is from Louisville. And he um, really participated in sports or participated as an assistant on different sports teams, um, I believe at UofL. And so it's funny to see him before games that he's really invested in now as an, you know, as an adult. He hasn't been in college for years, but um, whenever there's a game coming up that he's really invested in, he's passionate about, you know, he says, all right, guys, get your minds right. And he's kind of putting it out there in the universe because he's not really talking to the guys on the team. But, you know, he knows that value for um, a team and for a sporting effort to get your mind right be in the right space, that positivity, that focus, um, and knowing what they need to do specifically for themselves, say, on the basketball court or the football field to succeed. Um, And that's kind of where I got this phrase from, is from him saying that so many times, you know, all right, it's time to get your minds right. It's game time. Well, for us as parents, it's always game time, right? And we need to have our minds right because we have this different special brand of parenthood. So um, take a look at the show notes. I really want to encourage you guys on this episode to go to the show notes page. Leave me a comment about what you're doing to get your mind right or about where you're struggling to get your mind right. You know, I'd love to have you out there commenting in ways that I can help you or try to guide you a little bit and steer your compass more in the direction where it needs to be for you to be an effective parent of a kid with ADHD. So that's it for this episode. I really appreciate you being here and I encourage you to get out there um, at some point today and get a piece of paper and a pencil and start working on getting your mind right and rewriting your parenting rule book specifically for your family. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for listening to the Parenting ADHD Podcast with Penny Williams. If you like what you just heard, be sure to subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher. Visit the website, parentingadhdandautism.com for so much more on successfully raising kids with ADHD. Be sure to check out the podcast section as well for previous shows. Join us next time for more parenting strategies and insights that actually work for kids with ADHD.